I was going to ask what movies were covered today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> I don't really know if I do. We'll figure it out. Welcome back to Cage Off, the podcast dedicated to finally answering the question, what is the best Nicolas Cage film? And what is the best Nicolas Cage film? You can let us know at Cage Off Podcast uh, on Twitter. <laughs> is it Cage Off Podcast? Yes. Cage Off Podcast correct. on Twitter or cageoff at gmail.com. It's the same Cage Off Podcast at gmail.com. Cage Off Podcast at gmail.com. I feel like we don't record enough, so I'm like rusty. It's okay. Um, My name's Logan. My name is Ashley. uh, And you need to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever it is you find your podcasts, friends. And today is a very exciting episode because we have guests. uh, What? Joining us. It's true. Joining us, we have uh, our friends Taylor and Justice. How's it going, guys? Hi. Hi. Uh, going, going good. Thank you so much for having us. You're it's welcome. Life's honor. Life's yeah. honor to be here. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Um, it is time for our famous segment, Cage Could Happen to You. So oh I my would God, like, Cage Could Happen to You. I would like to ask each of our guests what your history is with Nicolas Cage. I forgot about this segment. Yeah. Um, this uh, is exciting. Taylor, when did you first oh. uh, encounter Nicolas Cage as an actor? Uh, before this week, I've only seen one Nicolas Cage movie and it was National Treasure. Wow. Yeah, oh only Interesting. one. Only one. But I will say I have been an OG listener of this podcast since its inception. But I have not, <laughs> I've true. only seen one movie that you all have covered. Until now. So. Yes. But Justice? yes, National Treasure. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Justice, how about you? I'm not sure I could even count it more than one because that would also be National Treasure and part of National Treasure 2. Mm. If you count Kick-Ass among the... In that movie. He, and he, my favorite scene. Uh, it, I haven't it, seen it. Scene. Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh no! Oh no! Spoiler! I did, I, I did not just say those words. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll bleep it in editing. Great. Um, no, it's a brand new movie, so obviously, obviously, I don't want to ruin that for for the audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like National Treasure is like the one that everyone has seen. Would you say? Yeah. Would you agree with that, Ashley? Yeah, because it was played in history classes across America. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's yes, so, that's very true. But today we're here to discuss two films. As always, we have City of Angels and Left Behind. Uh, so I think we're going to get right into it. I think we're going to start with City of Angels, uh, which is a 1998 American romantic fantasy film directed by Brad Silberling, starring Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. 
It is a loose remake of Wings of Desire, the film by uh, Wim Wenders, I think is how you pronounce that, a German director. Um, the premise of City of Angels from IMDb reads, an angel on earth, a doctor unable to believe, a patient with a secret, a love story made in heaven. Um, apt, apt. Literally, so, literally made in heaven. I hate whenever word, wordplay is so literal, it hurts me, it, my very core. And fun fact, there are actual angels as extras that were cast. I, don't, I know we're not probably into the trivia section yet, but most of those background people were angels. Yeah, there mm-hmm. were there were a couple, uh, you know, evangelical Christians that uh, called up their buddy God. They were like, "Hey, what's up, Jesus Christ? Um, can you get some of your angels down here on Earth for this movie we're making?" There's also some angels, as in the baseball team. They they also some uh, Los Angeles Angels. Oh, yes. is that is it Los Angeles Angels? They came in. They were also part of this as well. They they did change their name to from Anaheim to Los Angeles just for this movie as a promo. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about baseball so I'm lost right now. I don't know anything um, about baseball either. I was just talking out of my ass. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was great. So, okay, I had seen this movie before. I watched it I think sometime last summer. Um I think I'm the only one of us who has. Is anybody surprised that Logan has seen some obscure movie about angels falling in love with humans? I feel like you've seen every movie that's ever ever. This was not out. an obscure mo- movie by the way. This was like this was a a hit. This was a hit? Yeah, we'll get to it later, but it was. Interesting. It was a is a it was a movie starring two of the like the biggest movie stars of the time together on screen at last. Of course it was big. My favorite so, character is Cassiel. I think he's cool. Yeah, he and, is cool. And because it's really close to Cassiel. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. My, my favorite angel of all time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is my first introduction to Meg Ryan, actually. Really? I've never. Uh, well, I, I didn't I know guess, who Meg Ryan was until this movie. I watched this movie. So I, I've never seen like uh, You've Got Mail. Or is she the one in Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah. I've never is. seen him. But I guess she does. She is in my very favorite animated movie. I need Anastasia. to go see She's barking. What, what what animated movie did you see? She voices that? Anastasia. You're kidding. Yeah. No. I don't think I've seen that movie, but yeah, I'm familiar with it. Um, oh, it's my no. fantastic. favorite she, animated movie. Yeah. Uh, she is. You're talking about the cat movie? No, Anastasia. Wait, is Anastasia not the cat movie? It's Aristocats. No, that was Aristocats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anastasia, it's the like a Russian, she's the long lost Russian princess. I have no idea what you're uh, talking about. Who's the who's the who who voices Dimitri? Uh, John, John Cusack. Cusack. Yes. Yes. Another star crossed set of performances. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen that movie, but I am familiar with a lot of Meg Ryan's movies, like her rom-com movies, especially like uh, When Harry Met Sally, uh, oh, Sleepless yeah. in Seattle. Uh, those are, I mean, those are really good movies. They're better than this movie. Um, <laughs> but this movie is basically about uh, Nick Cage is an angel named Seth who just kind of walks around and observes uh, all the people. 
in Los Angeles and he he comes across Meg Ryan and he becomes enamored with her and they have a kind of uh, a romance. So the opening scene is of a mother of a dying child and uh, Seth is watching over her and is there when she dies and he leads her into heaven basically yeah that that opening scene was so thematically different than the rest of the movie it's it's unbelievable it really led me in the wrong direction where the where the movie was going i thought it was going to be some dark almost close to thriller and yeah, I thought it. I thought it was gonna be about like okay. Before I didn't know it was Love Moon. Go watch it because I'd never heard anything about it. I just saw two people on there. I thought it was gonna be like an angel, basically like figuring out how what human life is through different people's perspectives, and instead it was just him becoming fixated on one person. And I feel like it could have been a more interesting film if it wasn't about a angel falling in love with a human. Well. That's interesting you say that because earlier this evening I did watch Wings of Desire, the movie that this is based on, mm-hmm. and it is a lot closer to like what you just said. Okay, where, then I'm going to want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, like to to give you an idea, like the angel character in that movie doesn't actually speak with like the the woman he's like he becomes like fixated on until like the final scene. This anyway. is like for people who wanted to see what happened after that final scene, essentially. I guess. I don't know. So, um, has any of you, have any of you all seen Meet Joe Black? Because this movie immediately gave me Meet Joe Black vibes. I think I've seen parts of it. Like that's the, that's the Brad Pitt one where he plays like the Grim yeah. Reaper, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen yeah. the part where he gets hit by the cars. And <laughs> oh, yeah. And that, it's a great scene. <laughs> I would encourage anyone listening to this to look up brad pitt getting hit by the cars and meet joe black it's very yeah. funny um so nick cage is an angel and he's the the first like i don't know his, his performance in this movie is weird because i think he is like good but he reads especially in the early <laughs> scenes as creepy because he will just there there's like all these angels around they all wear black trench coats <laughs> and they are just all standing around and like grabbing people's shoulders and like just like leaning over them uh and it's it, yeah while listening to their thoughts yeah yeah and um and changing them did you also notice that some of these like barely any of the thoughts that were happening around were actually coherent thoughts that an, a real person would have <laughs> yeah um, I can't. I, I'm trying to remember anything specific that anyone like was thinking, but I can't. I can't. They were all in the library scenes. It was like all the literature being read, um, and everybody was reading like philosophical books. <laughs> Nobody was reading anything that was like, I don't know, like, like smut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there, should, there could have been at least one person who was like reading like Fifty Shades of Grey of the '90s. I don't know what that would have been. The the air traffic controller was in the middle of the tower thinking about how he was going to pay off one of his credit cards with another credit card. And (laughs) Nick Cage comes up and gently rests his chin on his shoulder from behind. (laughs) 
yeah he, he does he does that a lot <laughs> yes. yeah and he immediately uh snaps into action and says the the airplane that he's in charge of controlling not to wreck <laughs> or or something <laughs> something that he was supposed to be doing and not thinking of how he was going to reduce his interest rate on one card to pay off the other uh, <laughs> don't, yeah don't know why i'm reliving that scene so vividly but yeah you're you're fixated on it uh like uh like nick like nick cage is fixated on meg ryan um so we kind of see him going about his daily angel business where him and all his angel friends hang out on the beach and then it's at this point we basically cut over to meg ryan who is a heart surgeon and she is performing a surgery and oh dude this scene with her and her hands in the chest cavity literally pumping the heart with her hands oh my yeah. god it really was well done yeah it's cool it's cool yeah. i love this scene it makes yeah. you like makes your chest hurt a little bit <laughs> yeah but so also she... like her his his family like when she goes out to go talk to them after this happens <gasps> she's like they're like how is he how's he doing totally expecting him to be alive like not even you know even foreseeing po- the possibility of him being dead how is he doing he's he's dead like she's not she doesn't have any like passion or compassion on her face when she says these things she's just like he died it, it felt very one note to me well no well she she goes into the stairwell right after and is like crying yeah i don't care what she does afterwards i'm concerned about what she does in the moment well i mean yeah, she's like a surgeon so i don't know how how much like bedside manner she has necessarily um but no this the scene the actual surgery scene is cool because uh the dude flatlines then they try to revive him then they like attach things to him on the inside of his heart like little paddle things like on which i've never i didn't know that was a thing before um and then she's like manually just like squeezing his heart and then like nick cage is there um i do like all the stuff they do to like where he will be in one shot and then like they'll cut and then he'll be gone. Um, I do think all that stuff is kind of neat. Especially, uh, I agree at the very beginning or in these beginning scenes when you don't really know how this is going to go. He appears in a scene when he wasn't there before. They, uh, and and uh, later on in the movie, there, there's one particular one where she, Meg Ryan is walking through a, through her kitchen and she opens the refrigerator door. And yeah. when she closes it back, He's there behind the door. I did. Yeah, I did. There previously, I did put that one in my notes when it happened because it like made me laugh. Um, <laughs> a couple of them are funny. Where like, I, and I don't know how intentional it is. Um, where like he'll just be there, and it made me laugh. Um, right, right. Then, but then there's the part during the surgery where it appears that they like look right at each other. Um, that's when he first like note he like mm-hmm. he's like whoa, holy shit! Uh, it's like she looked right at me, and then that's kind of where he first is like oh this lady's interesting. So she, she goes after telling the family of the dude that he died. She goes in the stairwell and is crying. Uh, and then Nick cage is like right up in front of her face as she's crying, um, reading her mind. Um, is, is, I think it's at this point where we meet the other who you find out later is another, is a fallen angel. What's I don't know his name? his name, but he messenger messenger he is he has like the 1000%, you know, Logan, when I, when I say stepdad energy, this yes. is heavy handed. <laughs> okay. Th- 
this heavy handed stepdad energy. Well, this actor I know is, is his name's Dennis uh, Franz. He's he's one of he's in like three Brian De Palma movies. He's like he's one of his guys. He plays he plays a really good. Uh, he was in Blowout, Ashley. We watched that fairly recently. He's in I that like, movie. I think I liked that movie. Was that one of the ones I liked? That was the one with John Travolta. Um, oh, I did like that movie. Yeah, he's like one of the, he's like the like seedy like reporter guy or I don't know. Um, but he's, so he's that kind of like, he, he's oh, in a bunch. He's the, in the one that like uh, is under the bridge the, and takes the video and is like blackmailing. Yeah that guy okay. um he's in die hard too he, he he plays like a good like scumbag um mm-hmm. and interestingly enough this was his final movie before he retired um he wanted to play a good guy uh, he he was um his he was on like nypd blue until like 2005 and then he fully retired but this was his last movie um so he plays his name's messenger um, and he's just kind of like a, a do he's like eating ice cream in his like hospital bed. He's kind of like a he's kind of like a comedic relief character. <laughs> um, you find out later that he is he was an angel himself. I like the part where we meet Messenger because I like I think it's kind of cool how he like senses Nick Cage like yeah. they can't see him and he just yeah calls him out. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't um, get why once there. he falls to once they fall to the earth, why they can't see angels anymore? Because aren't they still technically angels, even though they're fallen? Well, at that point, they're not angels anymore. They become they're human. they're human. And it, w- the best part of explanation, kind of for the world and the rules of the world they gave, was early on, and that's angels. You can only see angels if they want to be seen. Yeah, like if they. And I also, I, they don't really say this explicitly, but like, if you're like close to death, because I think that's how like the little girl at the very beginning saw him, um, like as they're going to the hospital, he's like walking beside them as they're like wheeling her through the hospital. Um, but yeah, they explained, uh, I think him and Cassiel are in like the convenience store that gets robbed. And like right before that happens, he's like, has anyone ever like seen you? And then they explain like you can only be seen if like you want to be seen by mm-hmm. this person. Also a great scene. Yeah, I like that scene. Um, and then I guess the next like big thing that happens is like they actually properly meet. It's like late at night at the hospital and she sees him like standing outside of like one of the rooms, um, like an empty hallway. It's pretty creepy. He's just standing so there weird. and then he like turns around. Uh, he's got the shirt. He's got all his chest hair poking through. <laughs> I noticed um, the chest hair before anything. Yeah, it's it's right there in your face. It's right there. I oh, also so, wait, wait. I wanted to say something before we before yeah. you move on. Um, so I was reading the the Roger Ebert review. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about how he the. What was I going to say? Oh my gosh. Roger Ebert. Yeah, I'm looking about. for I'm looking for the quote that I found that I liked. Mm. Is it something about a serial killer? I don't I can't I can't find it. There was like a I wanted to put this in here. There's like a never mind. We'll just forget about it. If I can find it, I'll read it then. Well, I because the New York Times review that's one of the top uh, Wait, did you look but, at reviews? 
I looked on the Wikipedia page at the reception. You're section. not allowed to look at reviews before you come on this podcast. Oh, what? I did too. Oh no. That's oh. cheating. Well, okay. Let me justify that by saying every movie in my in my viewing gets the gets the post op treatment, which is the Wikipedia page and the IMDB trivia goofs and cast sections get scoured top to bottom. Ashley, it's okay. It's not a big deal. No, it's deal. not. No, it's not. <laughs> I've fine. put so much work into Rage Against Cage, and then things like this happen. We can see. I'm sure they didn't What's read every single review. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not actually upset. I'm just. You seem pissed off. I'm joshing um, you. All right, but I did. I did uh, the other day watch this movie with like the director's commentary um, because I was just interested in hearing someone talk about it and, and I napped through the you napped through most commentary. of this um, <laughs> but one thing the director said is that Cage consciously tried especially in these like early scenes to like not blink when he's like in angel mm-hmm. mode and especially <laughs> like in, in this first scene where they like talk to each other for the first time like he does not blink he's just like completely like just stone faced throughout the whole thing um and he basically is they, that they, why he seemed like such a creep i think so yeah that's basically it um but they they start talking and he's like he starts asking about the patient that she lost they have kind of a conversation about it he like knew her name yeah yeah um and then he like kind of plays it off like i i read your name tag that's how i know your name oh yeah um and then i think the next big scene is like when he sees her he like sees her again in the library um and that's a cool library that's actually i learned this from the commentary that's the san francisco library mm-hmm. um so that's not actually a library in los angeles but it is a cool looking location i thought yeah. um I, I thought it was weird. Has anybody ever heard lore that says that angels live in libraries? I was curious about that too. I like the idea. Um, yeah, and it is funny when, when like they talk in the library and and she's like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "I read." It's like, <laughs> it's like I live here. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, what I'm a do? messenger. A messenger of what? Like, of like a God. bike messenger. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, one thing I did write down about this scene, because like he'll he like starts moving closer to her and she like is backing away. Like if you put like different music in the scene, it would just be a horror movie scene. Um, oh, this is a this is coming from Wings of Desire. So like yeah. that's a theme that carries over from Wings of yeah, Desire. Yeah, the, the, the angels all hang out in the library. It's not as a, a cool looking library in that movie. Um, it's just kind of a basic library. Um Typical angel library, not a San Francisco angel library. Not not a cool like spiral one that but yeah, as as they're talking, like all the other angels start like looking at him. Uh and it's like there's like this sea of like people just that like in funny. the back. Yeah. It's another kind of creepy like visual that's also funny. Um and then they go like grocery shopping together as like a date he shows her the Hemingway book and talks about like how he describes how things taste. Then he asks her to describe the taste of like a pear. Um, 
Oh, I, I just found out the reason why. Um, I'm so sorry that you, I interrupted this. I found out the reason why the libraries live in angels in this movie. There's like a typical, there's like a term apparently in common vernacular and librarians. Librarians apparently talk about this and, and people who do a lot of research in the libraries that when they come across research that they didn't find by searching through traditional methods, but when they just find it serendipitously that from unexpected places, they call that the library angel. Oh, so that's interesting. Angels live in the library to make sure that people are finding information serendipitously. Well, yeah. Great reason. Great, great homage to that. Yeah. And then uh, Meg Ryan comes home and her, surgeon boyfriend is also there this is the part where she this is the part where she um closes the fridge and he's standing there oh it's fantastic and 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 kind of kind of got away from what earlier when he would appear in a scene i always thought somebody was about to die you know when he would randomly pop up yeah and when he wasn't there before you know obviously being an angel i would always I, my, my first thought was oh this means somebody's about to die then they kind of got into this. Oh, he's just kind of hanging around Meg Ryan. He's not. <laughs> he's not waiting to take somebody to heaven. Question for uh, both Taylor and Justice: What does a pear taste like? Because I've never had one. Oh, me neither. I it's can't kind tell of. You. It's kind I, of how Meg Ryan describes it. Honestly, granulated, grainy sugar. Yeah, it's like kind of grainy. Um, I just I can't remember skin, what else she the says. The skin looks so gross to me that I can't. Well, she it. had like one of those like brown pears. The green ones are like those are better. Those look more like apples. The ones that Meg Ryan was shopping for looked like potatoes, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of weird. Um, there is that part where he picks up like when she's getting the pear, he picks up like a cactus-looking thing and like sniffs it and like he has no expression on his face. He's just like and puts it down and she starts laughing at him. That was funny. Ashley, sorry to answer your question. I too have never had a pair, so I can't. So Logan is the only person in here. Wow, I'm like the Meg Ryan of this podcast yeah. right now. You are. Parker wow. hasn't had a pair either because we had this conversation during that scene. And we were like, no. Wow. Wait, that's so Neither rude. Was- he watched the fucking movie, but he didn't come on the podcast. <laughs> we're talking about uh, listeners, my brother, um, who is uh, Taylor's boyfriend. So he's a coward. He's a coward and a fake. And I hope he hears this. <laughs> he won't. He feels won't listen. Bad. He, doesn't he, listen. He, won't. he doesn't listen. He won't hear it. He said he um, will listen to this episode. Oh, good. good. Him. Coward. <laughs> um, anyway, I feel like the next thing that happens, like he is, um, he goes and talks to, or he, he talks to Messenger, where he's like sitting he's hanging out in messenger's room and then he's like, I see you. I know you're there. Um, and then no, he, I'm not coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He appears to him and basically uh, explains that he used to be in, well, at first they, they go out to a diner and they just kind of have like, I like these scenes where they're just kind of like hanging out together. Um, he explains that he used to be an angel and that all that Seth has to do uh, in order to become human and be with Meg Ryan is to make the choice to fall. Um, and then he will be human. Equates it almost like jumping off a building. You just yeah. Decide to do it and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then is the next thing that that happens, like they go to the like 
he gets messenger gets out of the hospital and they go to that like like a party at his house right right it's like a post party yeah like a little backyard barbecue thing yeah totally and a woman takes a picture of seth and like that that little girl that's there and meg ryan looks at the picture and where seth is it's all just like light so she's like oh that's weird um wait what yeah you didn't see that no the thing is is that no he had told her that he was an angel i think no Um, this is not the the this is before she like starts that's when she starts like suspecting that something's weird with him um because after that scene that's when they go back to her house and then that's when she basically like confronts him like what's your deal um and that's when like she she stabs him she's like ah um (laughs) i'm sorry but i definitely think i got up to get another drink or use the bathroom or something i do not remember the photograph part that would have been a lot more i would have liked you watching this by yourself Uh, and you got up to use the bathroom or to get a drink and you didn't pause it I, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, maybe I was maybe I was paying attention to the cats. Like I mean, I remember that's pausing fair. the movie to go do some things. I don't know. I would, I would I pay doing. attention to the cats if I had cats around me. So. Of course, and they were watching Parker, too. Parker during that scene, he was like, "Oh, I bet he's not going to show up in the picture." And I was like, "Well, he's not a vampire." And then I wouldn't because he didn't. There, there is an earlier part where uh, oh, the mirror. He's, he's in Meg Ryan's house. Uh, creeping on her from behind <laughs> and he's not in the mirror in that shot which is kind of neat um but yeah it's that lady at the party takes a picture of him and that girl and then she looks at the picture and like he's not he's like it's just a light where he is supposed to be and um, the girl and the girl like touches his face and says you're just like grandpa yeah i remember that and it was it was awfully creepy because if you know grandpa had a friend that came to my post-op backyard barbecue and and he was reacting like that to her touching his face. I would be a little, a little creeped out. Maybe he's just not used to children, but he definitely was completely and utterly emotionless and staring into this girl's soul while she was like touching his face. And <laughs> it was, but yeah, I need to go back and watch the, watch the photo part. I need to, yeah. I need to see that. So they, they go back to Meg Ryan's place and they're just kind of hanging out in the kitchen and he she asked him to like cut a head of lettuce up and like she's kind of like watching him as he does and he like isn't paying attention like slices through his own finger uh, and she's like what the fuck and then like she like slices his hand just to find out like what his deal is which is pretty uh it's a <laughs> it's a big leap to take to just like <laughs> attack the person that you're kind of dating <laughs> with a knife um <laughs> she's like wait i cut you it's like oh oh that that makes it is anybody else not bothered by the fact that she straight up did not break up with her boyfriend before she went started on a whole new romance with an angel with like a whole new guy that guy wasn't right for her it doesn't matter she didn't even like bother to break it off she she just like when things like that happen movies i can't i can't like handle it It one thing me one thing that i i did learn that i should have caught but i caught it when i was watching with the commentary uh the other her boyfriend is the doctor from face off ashley <laughs> I, I knew he looked familiar to me and i was like i don't know where i've seen this guy before but he's the doctor who explains he's the one he's the one who can do the face swap surgery and face off 
Supposedly um, the only one who can do a face swap surgery, but then end up, ends up being that somebody else can do it in the world. But he's supposed to be the only guy. They say that multiple times at the beginning of listen, the movie. We're not talking about face off here. <laughs> um, so she she stabs Nick Cage with a knife, um, and she's like, "What? Like, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? Why don't Why don't you like tell me about like what you do? Uh, what's your last name?" And then he like looks around and is like. Uh, my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, it's very, it's very. Yeah, it made me laugh. It's funny. Like, oh, uh, uh, coffee mug. Um, <laughs> so his name is Seth Plate. Does he ever like straight up say to her that he's an angel? Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Rem- no. She just kind of like figures it out, and he like just doesn't deny it. Yeah, because she's she's always like, um, well, I'm starting to think like that nothing is under my control, <laughs> and. Um, I think that that's like her like figuring out that like finding religion or whatever. I don't know. She doesn't have faith. Yeah. I don't know. So immediately after the scene, she basically breaks it off with him. Like, I don't want to see you anymore because you lied. You lied to me or I don't know. It's kind of. I don't know because if it's just my like, memory no, or if it's just like, vague. No, no, no. Because she's like, you can't feel me. And he's like, well, I can feel you. I'm sorry, vice versa. Sorry, you can feel me, but she's like, you can't feel me, man. Oh. And that bothers me. So they break up. There. Um, Wait, we- stop. But honestly, like to me, it kind of that. I don't understand that because to me, if there was somebody that like, they, I don't know. Maybe I'm just selfish. Like if they couldn't feel me, but I could feel them, I'd be like, fine. This this is okay with me. If you want to keep on being an angel, you can't. Yeah, I can. I, I can stab you with knives. You won't bleed. It's cool. You can go with me wherever you want, and I don't have to pay for your transportation at all. Like we could go across the country, and you don't have to get a plane ticket, dude. Did, did she understand the choice that he had? Either continue being this immortal uh yeah because he awesomely said that, gifted being or yeah, coming to be miserable yeah he told her about what's his name she told her about messenger and messenger was like he was like yeah messenger said i just have to fall and she's like i can't take that from you oh yeah she yeah, knew so, he was an angel yeah. there was okay. like a conversation at, at, this, at this point she knows right. but they they break up and then we get like a montage, a sad montage set to the song isn't actually called this, but it's uh, the In the Arms of an Angel song by Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, pretty on the nose song choice, but you know what? I was kind of into okay, it. Okay, on uh, three, on three, do your best rendition of the chorus. Whoever wants to go, do it. I, I'm good. I don't know the chorus. I don't know the chorus either. I, I always so, turn off Sarah okay. McLaughlin it's, whenever it's I you. hear her. It's you, Logan. No, but the part of the song that everybody knows like isn't the chorus. That's like the verse. Yes, it like, is. That's like, no, that is the chorus. Well, I don't the know. Verse, what the verse is like the beginning. The chorus is like yeah, and that's like the arms of the angels. See, there you go. You did it yourself. That was beautiful. <laughs> to be clear, this is the song that's played in the in the in the in the adopted dog, adopted and abused animal. Oh yeah, that's oh, that is where this. Those, that yeah. is the same yeah, song. That's, that's what that that's what the song is known for at, at like now. 
Um, it was a song before. It was just like a real song. And then it just <gasps> kind of became the sad dog song um, <laughs> over time. Sarah, why would you allow that song to be done? Because I promise you, I turn off Sarah McLaughlin's song whenever I hear it because I turn off that commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this montage. But you know what that song is. It's, yes, you're true. You're, you're, you're exactly right. That yeah, we all is. know. We all know the song. But this montage, it. It made me laugh because it cuts to him, uh, Seth, sitting at a diner, just smoking a cigarette for some reason. I don't know how an angel smokes a cigarette. Um, I honestly started to wonder if he had fallen already because he yeah. was doing, you know, that, that did take me by surprise. One, one thing I did learn from hey, the cop. He, oh, shit. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I hear you. What's up? Oh, my God. I can't hear myself. What's going on? What did I do? Uh, okay, wait. Can, can you hear yourself now? Kind of, I think. Yeah, I can, hear, I can hear myself now. Okay. An angel just visited you. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, sorry, I, 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 wanted to talk, I wanted to talk more about the director's commentary. Oh, well, I thought we were talking about... Uh, never mind. I'm so sorry. I but couldn't hear myself. During, during this scene, apparently the person sitting next to him at the diner like in the foreground is director Michael Mann, director of uh, Heat and Collateral and Miami Vice. It's a really random fact. I did not know until I listened to the commentary. I just thought that was really strange. It is. How does but that we, happen? Does a director just wander on set and say, hey, can I be a, well, a little cameo? Uh, I don't know. Have you seen Heat? The Okay. Well, Robert De Niro's love interest in that movie is played by the director of this movie's real life wife. Oh, and she also has a cameo in this movie as one of the other angels. How do you know? Oh, wait, wait, wait. How do you know everything about everything? Because my brain is broken and just full (laughs) of useless movie trivia. Okay. I love it. Is that what you want to hear? It's it's adorable. It's great. I love it. Okay. Anyway. So there's the sad ma- montage. Seth is like, fuck this. I want to be a human because I want to be with Meg Ryan. So I'm going to fall. And so he goes to the top of this real tall building and he lets himself fall off the building. And you get all these uh, like slow-mo black and white shots, which is like kind of a it's, a, it's meant to be a nod to Wings of Desire because in that movie, everything from the angel's point of view is in black and white. And everything from the human's point of view is in color in that one. Oh. Um, mm. You know, I like the scene. Yeah. What I liked about this scene neat. was when he got up and he was happy to be bleeding. I've never seen somebody so happy to be injured before. Yeah. So he wakes up and he's human now. And this is when this is like a 10 minute stretch of the movie where it becomes just like a really like silly comedy. And I was like, I actually really like it. He's like, he wakes up on like a construction site and he is, he's bleeding. Hassled by the workers around him. One of which, I don't know if you guys caught Nick Offerman as one of those construction workers. I said, is that? Oh, wow. And Logan said, yes, it is. Yeah, it's him. He's the <laughs> one who's like, he, had, Seth is like, is this blood? And he's like, is it red? <laughs> and that was him. Um, he is one line. That's incredible. Um, and Nick Cage is like, walking down the street very happy singing a song 
um because he's just so stoked to be a be so a dude. badly too he's like actually singing it really badly <laughs> it's really funny i like it a lot um it's very silly but apparently when angels fall from heaven they have no money um well yeah i just feel like god should give him a little you know like give him an identity <laughs> right you don't have a resume you don't have references i would i would not fall from heaven because i not in the united states with the way immigration is no <laughs> mm-hmm. um so he and he to he tries to find meg ryan to do this he he sees an ambulance and he just starts running after it he's like this will lead me to the hospital so he, he runs after the ambulance and runs to the hospital and he's so tired and he doesn't know how an automatic door works he like stands in front of him, he's like he like doesn't know how it works and then he he runs into meg ryan's like pediatric friend um who like tends to his like wounds from falling and she lets him yeah, know he, when you say he runs into her you mean he runs in screaming where is she where is she at the top of his lungs <laughs> he's like he, 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 he like runs up to like the nurse's desk and he's like i'm trying to find uh maggie maggie is meg ryan's character's name i don't know if we've said it yet um he's like oh hold on i need to catch my breath and he like starts laughing he's like breath because um, <laughs> he's so excited to be able to breathe and then her friend tells him that she and her boyfriend have gone off to Lake Tahoe. Huge violation of of friend and, and fellow employee privacy, but it's fine. Um, we, we definitely at a hospital too, right? right? Like right. But she was like, nice. hey, this crazy guy who just ran in now is like Hey, where is she? Screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell him where she is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you? What, what were we gonna say, Taylor? Oh, did we mention that like other hospital guy just randomly like proposed to her? Yes, that um, happened. So they were gonna go away and get married. And then okay, yeah. And then she like rejects him. So it's just her that's up at Lake Tahoe in the cabin. Yeah. It's, rejects so it's not- him off screen. He just disappears. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically just gone from the movie at this point. Um, Nick Cage tries to, you know, hitchhike. He gets the like the shit kicked out of him and his boots stolen. Like a car pulls up and he's like, "Hi!" And then he gets punched in the face. <laughs> um, like I said, this is like I find this like ten minutes where it becomes like a weird comedy, like incredibly entertaining. And it's like my favorite part of the movie. Him getting um, his shoes stolen is the equivalent to that backpack getting stolen and left behind. Oh my god. From the, the people on the motorcycle. Oh, to me, it's like equivalent. That is uh, yeah, that is similar. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. Um but he ends up uh he gets on like a bus, right? That's how he eventually Oh no, no. No, a, he gets a truck. By a, yeah, by a big truck. A semi truck. With, with a little doggy, with a yes. little doggy on his lap, a little basset hound. The conversation that consists of the words Tahoe. It's very funny. And Reno. Yeah. <laughs> no, Reno. Tahoe. <laughs> yeah, because like the guy is like explaining that like he he's like he's going that direction so he can drop him off in Tahoe. 
but he doesn't Seth doesn't understand this so he's just saying where he's going um he's like just get in we'll figure it out um <laughs> and then they drive off and then you see Cassiel sitting on a bench like smiling he's just kind of been kind of watching him this whole time um it's kind of nice and then we get a goo goo dolls needle drop which is always fun we get some <sighs> iris I'm, about, I'm, about, I'm literally about to be really upset I just hate the next part of the movie. It just Wait, it's still good. It's still really good at this point because no, no, not after you've seen the ending. Nick Cage goes to Meg Ryan's cabin in Lake Tahoe. Side note: Sorry to interrupt you, Logan. No, Side note please. on the Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. Consequential song did not reach the chorus. I was waiting for it to come roaring back any second. Me too. And it never did. The whole time. Me too. The song. The song was written for this movie, which I did not know. When that blows um, my mind. Yeah, and they don't even play the core. You think that would even that would play like over the credits at least, like it sure. would kick back yeah. in. I was waiting for um, the chorus just to come roaring back after a few second delay, but me it never did. Too. Wow, I was so disappointed. Yeah. It was at at this point. It was during this kind of part of the movie where I was um, looking at the IMDb trivia, and I accidentally spoiled the ending. Wow. I was so upset. I was like, wait a minute. And Parker was like, did you just? And I was oh. like, I think I did. I did not mean to. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wait, so- wait, wait, wait. Logan, what was the other song that played? Uh, there's another song that played that I started singing. Um, there's an Alanis Morissette song, isn't there? Um, I, d- I don't know where it is. Like, I don't know the song. So I, I know that there's an Alanis Morissette song in the movie. But I don't to, know like, where it remember, is. I'm trying to remember. That the might words. be the credit song. I don't know. Yeah. Just passing through the Rascal Flatts song that was before Rascal Flatts, the one they covered. Broken Road. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Rascal Flatts. Bless the Broken Road. God bless the Broken Road. It's a song, but it's not. It's the song that Rascal Flatts covered is in this movie. And I loved it. And I sang it along the entire time. And it really felt good because they went through the whole chorus. And I just, Logan saw me. I was jamming. Beautiful. I do like the music in this movie. They have some good songs. Um, They do. But he shows up at the cabin. Uh, She opens the door and he just looks really shitty. And it made me laugh. Um, He's like, (laughs) exhausted and like there's like steam coming off him because it's like cold i guess and so they uh hold on i i I meant to do something before we talked about their love scene (laughs) Oof. hold on okay here we go so i changed my background to their sex scene the sex scene that they have (laughs) Oh uh, he reveals that he is now human, so they have sex. The words he uses to describe, well, um, oh gosh, they were warm, just warm, and and what, Ooh. and aching. Oh god, like... yeah. And we have to. We've talked about this before on the show, but I don't. We don't enjoy watching him kiss. Oh my god, it's, uh, it's, it's not the so most pleasant. Awful. His it's not lips... the most pleasant thing to watch. That whole bit, I was I was little and all. That's the first Nick Cage sex scene, unless I missed one in National Treasure or Kick-Ass. And There's a really good Nick Cage sex scene in uh, Wild at Heart. Oh. There's several several sex scenes in that movie. The only they're movie very... that I actually enjoyed watching Nicolas Cage kiss. Because that's, like, that's young, hot Nick Cage. Yeah. Wait, yeah, let's circle true. back. That is not... Okay. 
There is a movie, and I thought of this just minutes after you asked Taylor and me what our introduction to Nicolas Cage was. And there is a movie I've seen of him where he is a trucker with a wife beater and he falls in love with a woman and her daughter causes all sorts of like sexual fantasies and it ends very graphically. I cannot remember the name of it. And I don't know. Research. I don't know what this I is. I have never heard of whatever you're I'm, talking about. It sounds intriguing, though. I can't wait to see it if it I is will, indeed. I will dive into this and give you, give okay, you some more information. Yeah, yeah. Circle back with us on that. Yes. Um, so they have sex. The next morning, uh, she's like making some weird fruit saddle looking thing. I don't know what she's doing. And he is taking a shower. This is another funny part where he is like, he sprays himself in the face with like some kind of like perfume and he's like, Oh, and then he gets into the water and either it's like too hot or too cold. And he just like screams and like <laughs> falls. All of the stuff with him, like not knowing how human stuff works is like, there is a version of this movie that could exist where it's just like a fish out of water comedy <laughs> um, that I would very much in- like to see. Yeah, we want a sequel to this movie where it's just Nicolas Cage as an angel 15 years later, still figuring out things about Earth. Yeah, that would be a great sequel idea. I mean, mm-hmm. surely if, if you could come up with one for this movie, that would be it. Yeah. Maybe um, he has a new love interest and she's human. Or an angel. Or Oh, Meg, he falls Meg, in love with an angel. No, Meg Ryan is now an angel. No, yeah. no, they said they said at the beginning of the movies that humans are not angels. Angels are not oh. human. Oh, ruin my still. fun. <laughs> you could you could roll with it. You could, you could Ma- find a way to Ma- roll with Ryan, it. Meg Ryan is a ghost, Ooh. and she's got to find her way back to back to reality, back to a body. Oh, what if she was a demon? Holy Ooh, shit. that's a good one. Don't even say that. I'm scared now. Wait, yeah, no, because she made an angel fall to fall to earth, so she went to hell. Oh my god. All right, guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next episode of this podcast, a bonus episode, is gonna be coming up with great ass sequel ideas to uh City of Angels. Cause yeah. you can roll with all of those very down. easily. Um we should so- each we should each write a script. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. movie. A, a treatment. <laughs> yeah, we'll write a treatment. We'll present it to uh Nicolas Cage. I'm sure he's easy to reach. Um <laughs> He just got married, didn't he, for like the fourth time? I think so, yeah, to his like much younger girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Good for him. Anyway, we're happy. We're happy for our, our boy. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Meg Ryan goes to like, she goes out to get groceries or something. And she is, she rides, a, she like rides a bike primarily. That's her like main mode of transportation throughout the movie. Um, and she's a... Uh, driving down the road, pedaling down the road, and probably not a good idea. She closes her eyes, stretches out her arms, and just like goes. And then when she opens her eyes, there's like a logging truck like going in front of her, and she uh, just gets absolutely wrecked by it. She gets creamed by it. And then Seth senses like a disturbance in the forest, basically. <laughs> Um, and like runs through the woods, finds her, and she dies. She dies in his arms. And she says, when they ask me what my favorite thing was about being alive, I'll tell them it was you. And it's very sad. 
And Ashley was extremely pissed off this whole during this whole scene. Was very angry. You look angry now. I hated it. Would you this. like to I hated go it. off? I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Oh my God. It's so tragic. I hate it. Yeah. Huh. I don't another, like feeling emotions, and this made me feel emotions. Another thing you would like about Wings of Desire is that it has a happy ending, and they just end up together. Well, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have been satisfied with that either. I feel like, yeah. you know, what would have been good if if they had if he had fallen to Earth like halfway through the movie, and then he like starts to date her and realizes that she's just not it, and he doesn't want to be with her, and, and then he's you know left on earth realizing he had made a horrible decision because he had come to earth for this horrible person that would have been a movie that i would have liked the ending of that's almost wow. a more that's, sad ending yeah that's than what actually happened no it would be no so realistic though so realistic think oh. about this you like move mm -hmm. across the country for a person you've known for like a month right yeah You're not, like chances are that's not going to work out right so if you fell from heaven not knowing anything really about human life. Like, what if the person you left heaven for just sucked? Oh. But she doesn't suck. She's perfect for him. Okay? <clears throat> you never find out if she's actually perfect for him because she yeah, dies. She dies. Oh. <laughs> she dies like after their like only night together. Um, that was a very profound moment in her death scene when she asked. She's looking off camera slightly over Nick's shoulder. And yeah. She asks, she's obviously her eyes start to light up and it's obvious she's seeing something uh, that we can't see. And she says, is this what happens? Oh, no. and she's, he, I mean, she's good in that scene. Oh, mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. And she, and he answers, uh, you know, he kind of understands exactly what's happening. He goes, yes, this is what happens. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. That's what he yes. kept saying. Don't yes. look at them. Um, I know they're there. Don't look at them. Yeah. <sighs> So she dies. Um, and, and then, then he goes to the beach. Yeah, so it's some it's like sometime later. It's like it's not specified how like how much time passes, but he's like he's just kind of doing his thing. He's like, I don't think that's he's just like in a house. I guess it's his house. I, I was wondering that too. Did he inherit? No, it's did, it's her. It's I don't think it's her not house. her house. Her house is just one story. That house is like a staircase going. Oh I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, I was very perplexed about where he was and what and then was he, going on. He goes shopping and he he buys all the pairs. He's like <laughs> uh he's wearing a denim jacket with denim jeans. Uh he's what I like to call a Texas tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Isn't a Canadian tuxedo? But it was Canadian, I'm sorry. I think actually. it's I think both is fine. Yeah, that's fine. Listen, I don't know. I don't I don't know any Canadians in real life except for the the one Canadian that I know in real life. Right. Um, <laughs> so the, the basically uh, while he's in, in his house, I guess, uh, Cassiel appears to him and like Seth is pissed off at him and he's like, why did he do this to me? Um, and then they I forget what they say, what they say to each other exactly. But later on he goes to the beach and like goes goes swimming in the ocean like he and uh, uh messenger did earlier and then that's the end of the movie it just like cuts cuts to black with him in the ocean like happy experiencing joy as a human and 
we all cried. I, I didn't cry, but I'm sure. No. I'm sure someone so, did. So, Logan, you want to talk to us about the uh, the reception of this film? Well, I think we should talk, say Box briefly, office? just what we all thought of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I kind of like this movie. Like, I feel like the beginning and end are like kind of iffy for me, but like, there's like it's in the pocket to me, like from the time where he starts hanging out with Messenger to the point like right before Meg Ryan dies. Like I'm like totally into it for like that whole like almost like 45, 55 minute section of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I liked this film. We watch a lot of really boring movies on this podcast, but this was not boring to me. And for that reason alone, it's it's good to me because there's no, lots like, of movies it's weird and like weird interesting, and interesting. Mm-hmm. yeah even though it's yeah, like, it's not it's like engaging. perfect it's not perfect and like it has problems but I don't yeah know what it, you guys... it keeps it keeps your attention though yeah. so i liked yeah. it enough it does i i had never heard of this movie before this and i loved the idea of the story um but then, so I was really, really excited to watch it. But then, I don't know. I just thought it was very okay. It definitely was not boring. And it's definitely un- unforgettable. Um, but I don't know. I was just like, Meh. I think on Letterboxd, I gave it a two. But I loved yeah. Meg Ryan. Like, the, my favorite, like, I love the scene where she's just like, the first time we see her riding her bike. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She just is like a really like badass. Oh yeah, wait, I forgot. Good. I took yeah. notes on this movie. And my notes are my notes are pretty hilarious because I'm not like Logan. I don't take real notes. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give you guys an overview of what, what Ashley thought about the movie based on her notes. So I well, said hold on, Justice. Did you enjoy this movie? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, all, all good. And well, excited for notes. Um, I was about to start taking. I, I didn't take any for left behind, and I was about to start taking some for this. And I, I was eating dinner, and I was like, you know what? No, we're just gonna watch it and absorb it. Um, Tay, I think you'll really enjoy the rest of Meg Ryan that you get to discover after this. Uh, there are lots. I've seen. I've seen three other movies with her in it, and really, I think you'll really enjoy her. This movie, I'd like to say, I had not heard of before. And actually, I did not look up the slightest thing about it. I meant to at work and actually got to the head of the Wikipedia page and got distracted. Um, so I didn't know the first thing about it. Kind of forgot Meg Ryan was even in it. And um, really enjoyed the first half incredibly. The idea, the execution of all these different like rules in the universe. Um, especially, I enjoyed Meg Ryan's character immensely, especially in her surgery scenes in the hospital uh, scenes with messenger the second half when it focused more on the love story than it did the setup kind of lost me a little bit and i just got a little not not bored with it but i just kind of was wondering how it was going to go and in the end threw me fairly i can't say it was my favorite ending of all time i think that the very end scene especially when how do you say his, his friend Angel's name, Kirill? Cassiel? Cassiel. Cassiel. 
Kirill, Cassiel, when he like really breaks out and all the other angels, they're gathering on their little ritual. They all like break out into big smiles as, as their former angel friend is now enjoying himself in the ocean. I love that. So the first half was great. The second half kind of, kind of strayed a little bit, I think, and got a little too wavy. Nick Cage kind of distracted me throughout the thing because he was like a creeper and it, I think it, it did take away a little bit of it from me I yeah. was like oh, I he think was in this dark hallway at the hospital and he or at the library when he says a messenger of god and he has that innocent like kindergartner smile it did kind of kind of bring me out of the movie a little bit I hate it but I'm sorry but yeah, no, I understand um I think yeah his perform I think he gets better as it goes along like I get what he's trying to do he's trying to be like really like kind of childlike and like yes. naive mm-hmm. um it doesn't make sense that an angel would be naive because they've seen the whole world like he's been around I guess forever. So. yeah like he shouldn't be naive he should be wise that's what i asked i was like he how long has he observed humans how does he not know like how to walk through a door oh you know yeah, yeah. how does he not know what like you know how buses work you know, he needs yeah to change yeah 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 how does well, he not know like how to get to the hospital? He's I don't I don't know. I was well, I guess he all watching these everybody in the fall? forever. Well, I guess he like, doesn't he doesn't know where it is. I, I thought of it as like he just like appears wherever he needs to be. Oh but, yeah. Like he doesn't know how to get there necessarily, but he just knows to be there. Right. You know? Yeah. Anyway, Maybe the I don't fall, know. Like, that was just like my his... own. Yeah. They like they removes his, you know, all these thousands and millions of, well, not millions, but thousands and thousands of years of memories. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he just starts fresh as a human with a little idea of how everything works. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, I, I wanted to go over my notes now. Can I do that? Um, so I said uh, he has a whole, he has a straight face the whole time the little girl is dying at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film. Yes. Uh, and then whenever Meg Ryan came on screen, I said, enter love interest on a bike. Because I knew immediately she was love interest. Very 90s outfit, blue jumpsuit, long socks and tennis shoes. She also has a beeper. And I don't know why I commented on that. But I just, for some reason, when I see a beeper, I'm like, oh, yeah, this this movie came out the year I was born. So are you a surgeon in the 90s if you don't have a beeper? That's true. The answer is no. OK, <laughs> this is my favorite part about my notes. Hendrix on the speaker as she does surgery surgery small talk they almost left a sponge in a guy's body and they said bummer and they said bummer bummer <laughs> um, it was biodegradable they weren't that worried i said Jun- angels were judging him hard af mm-hmm. does he watch her have sex with him does he watch her have sex with that guy does Ooh. he do that oh he definitely was there in her in her bathroom while she was soaking in the tub yeah and then the last thing i said was this is just twilight but with angels <laughs> and those I, are my notes on this film that's all i that's all i wrote did you did you enjoy it did you did you take a a good stance toward it or you kind of like tay and said meh i i mean okay i liked it enough it's really when you watch enough Nicolas Cage movies, you get really numb. Um, <laughs> and I expect a certain um, a certain type of 
performance from him. And I feel like there wasn't very much energy in his performance um, until like until the very, very, very end of the movie, I, like when he does the weird cartoon thing, but he didn't have very much energy in the movie. And I also don't think that he embodied what I imagine Angel would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because like you said, he was a creeper. And also like, I don't know. I feel like angels would have a, would have like more emotion emotion phases, but maybe the maybe they're just like also jaded from seeing all this pain and suffering in the world. I don't fucking know. Actually, anyway, I that's my I think take. you would enjoy the original Wings of Desire movie. It's it's a lot different from this movie. This movie is definitely more like conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, Wings of Desire. It's a lot of like. Just kind of, it's a lot of like listening to just people's thoughts as like the angels observe them. That's like the, like an hour of the movie is like just that basically. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that idea. That sounds fun. When was yeah. Wings of Desire made? Uh, eighty seven. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it, it. It. I don't know. I. I honestly probably like it as much as I like City of Angels. Um, I was kind of watching it like pretty passively, like, and it's it's a German movie, so like. It's not. It's kind of hard to like soak it in if you're not like actively watching it and like actually like reading the dialogue. Um, a good portion of it is in English because there's like a the the messenger equivalent character is like an American actor mm. who like used to be an angel, which is like an interesting an interesting character. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I'd recommend that movie too. Um, I, I like both City of Angels and Wings of Desire about the same, honestly. Mm. Um, but if uh, does anyone have anything else to say about City of Angels before we move on to our next film? No, I don't think. Wait, you wait, wait, wait! You need to tell us how it did in the box office. Oh gosh! Oh Ooh. gosh! Of course! Oh golly um, gee! <laughs> all right, it was a hit. So this movie was released April tenth, nineteen ninety eight. This was Nick Cage coming off of two back to back action films, Con Air and Face Off. This was his next movie after those two. Um, had a budget of $55 million, grossed $198.7 million worldwide. Smash it. Um, pretty big hit at the time. Let me see if there's any other interesting notes about box office. Um, what Titan- about awards? Any Titanic, awards? Titanic was still in theaters at the time. Um, it overtook it at one point. Um, Oof, you, and this was 1998? Titanic was in theaters for like a year. Like it came out mm-hmm. December 97 and I think was in theaters until like the following December. Um, crazy. Take over, take crazy. over wow. Titanic at the box office. That's that's a big yeah. feat for a film. Yeah, I think I think it did. You know, eventually Titanic took back its spot. But um, accolades. Let me see. Um, the only things that won were a ASCAP award and a blockbuster entertainment award. <laughs> um, Nick Cage won for favorite actor, drama or romance. Um, huh. So that, I guess that was an award ceremony by the blockbuster company. I don't know. This film had a 58% on tomato meter, a 82% audience score and had a 6.7 point sorry 6.7 out of 10 stars on imdb and a 54 meta score what's that rotten tomatoes critical consensus say 
City of Angels may not tug the heartstrings as effortlessly as it as it aims to, but the end results will still leave more than a few ve- viewers in tears. Not me. No not tears me. here. No, no tears here. No. I laughed. Right. I laughed when she died. Just kidding. Well, I didn't laugh. We're going to take a break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk Left Behind. Okay, we're back to talk some Left Behind. Ashley, would you like to introduce this film for us, please? Left Behind is a 2014 uh, Vic Armstrong movie. And the mm. IMDb premise is a small group of survivors are left behind after millions of people suddenly vanish and the world is plunged into chaos and destruction. Really yes. what it should have been is Nicolas Cage lands a plane. Exactly. He sits yes. in a cockpit uh, for the whole movie and that's it, basically. So this is based off the Left Behind book series that I've never read. Ashley, you have read at least one of them, haven't you? I read all of them when I was like, I don't know, like would you 11 say, or 12. Would you say this is a faithful adaptation? Um, no. That's what, I've, that's what I've read. Yeah, that it's not at yeah, all. Yeah, no, the book, the books are like, I mean, I don't know if you're into... Uh, <laughs> If, if you're into like super Christian novels, which I was at the age of 12 because I was Pentecostal and wore long skirts and grew my hair out and uh, found Jesus at that age. Um, and so when I was reading Left Behind, I felt like, you know, pretty much was on the nose. But and, the movie sucks. And Taylor and Justice, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but you two are siblings. Um. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I don't, I don't believe you've read these books, but you had the fear of them put into you at a young age. Is that correct to say? Yeah, yeah. Never read them, but Justice and I grew up our very formidable years. Um, we grew up in the presence of adults and kids our age that thought the events of this movie and the books were like truly going to happen uh, much sooner rather than later. Um, wow. So it was very traumatizing growing up, just waiting for any moment for everyone around you to just vanish. And but so yeah. while you were watching this movie, you were terrified, I'm sure. <laughs> The 19, what, 98, 99, Kirk Cameron? Yes, I've not seen that one. Ashley, you have seen the Kirk Cameron one, haven't you? Yes, I vividly remember watching this movie, and I was like, I don't remember Nicolas Cage being in the movie. And it was because I had seen the Kirk Cameron one. Right. The, The Kirk Cameron version I did watch while in um, a youth group. Uh was actually, I, I will admit, very, very terrifying. I was very uncomfortable watching it. It left me very, with a bad uh, taste in my mouth for many years toward the whole subject of what occurs in this film. But as Taylor pointed out, is not mentioned by name, which is the mm-hmm. rapture, the Christian belief that that the that true believers on earth will vanish and those who are not true believers will remain on earth to endure 
essentially hell. And do they what? do they not say rapture in this movie at all? I feel they like don't, they don't. Okay, no. I thought maybe they said it, it once. Is that uh, like not allowed? Are they like not allowed to say it, or is it like considered like bad to say it? It's not. As I far don't as know. I, as far is, as I know, this whole world is like completely like alien to me. I have no idea. I feel like in the movie, someone. it's referred to. I think somebody refers to it as like a prophecy. Okay. I think yeah. is what I heard, and just like an event. But no, they never say that the R word. I have right, a question yeah. for. I have a question for you guys. Did you guys, when you guys were guys, when you guys were in youth groups as a child? Did you guys have those like uh, people who like came around and like toured towns who like took over your church for like a week and held like these like fear uh, camp thingies? Like they would like bring you was in. Was it called fear would... camp? No, Welcome it was to called fear something. Camp. All but. It was... All but. <laughs> it was called yeah. something else weird. It was like house of something. And it was like you went to the place and they literally showed you all of these things that would happen to you if you did certain sins and like you're like 14 when you do it and so it's like legitimately scary they talk about like cigarettes and sex and no to answer your question we didn't have that personally but uh there are those close to us that i do know have had those uh services uh, rendered at at their their places of worship, where it really is it, just as you described it. They are, are essentially plays that that for are, are geared toward teenagers and young adults and uh, preteens uh, that demonstrate in graphic and unyielding detail the punishments that await you should you choose to um, I would say be human, or they would say uh, um, yeah. so. Yeah, this the the what Taylor and I and I grew up in was very much a world where if y- it didn't matter how how young you were. Now, it, as you see in the film, babies and and elderly people and and people without uh, uh, the ability to know better essentially were raptured. If you were a sinful person and if you weren't completely right with God at that particular moment, you would be left behind and it didn't well, matter what happened the elderly woman on the plane doesn't get raptured i i can't explain Th- that there's one. this weird there's this weird thing in this movie where like most women seem to get left behind yeah because i guess they're just yeah no that's inherently was, sinners in the eyes I, of this film i said that to logan okay i made a list of the people that i thought shouldn't should have been raptured in this okay film. let's go well my my list is very short um, I first, first of all, think that Cameron should have been raptured. He's obviously a good guy. The love interest oh, the re- of the daughter. The reporter guy. The reporter. Yeah. He yeah. should have been raptured. 100%. Muslim guy should have been raptured. What the fuck is up cri- with that? He's not a Christian. Here's Wrong the thing God, to me. Here, here's God. the thing Thank to me. God. Like, oh my gosh. They're all literally almost the same religion. All believe that they have the same God. There's just have different fucking, um, you know, different messiahs, essentially. And because well, I mean, they have different messiahs, all of a sudden they think that, oh, if we were raptured by the same God, we wouldn't like they wouldn't take any of the other belief systems with us. It's just us, the Christians, because we're superior. Well, that's just the thing with like these. I, I lumped this in before even watching it because I just knew what this was. 
Like I lump this in with movies like God's Not Dead and like all those kind of like propaganda propaganda films is like yeah i was trying to think of a nicer way to say it but that's what it is <laughs> it's almost um, disappointing that nicholas cage is in a propaganda film i mean I, I, I was gonna say that was actually one of the things taylor asked while we, we watched this one together we watched city of angels separately um but we watched this one together and one of the earliest questions taylor asked was why do you think he did this and i said I, actually i think that's good that's a great thing that we should that we could bring up on the on the pod well I mean, well, I feel like did it because of money. Yeah, well, th- that's the thing, because he got offered. Let me see what this movie's budget was. 16 million. I guarantee he got like 10 million of that budget. Like that's what most of that money went to. Mm-hmm. And he probably worked for like three days because he's mostly just sitting in a cockpit. Yeah, that's like a, surrounded by a green screen. Yeah. There's like one scene at the beginning where he's like in a physical location, like in the airport. Right. Um, for what it's worth, I think he's like the only good performance in the movie. I think he's actually like fine. Agreed. Because he's like because he's like a professional, Agreed. and he like, I mean, even at like in like the shittiest movie, he usually is like fine. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's basically it. Like, he got offered a probably a massive payday to like basically do nothing. Sure. Um. So yeah, do we want to kind of get into? like the plot i mean there's not <laughs> a very uh, you could summarize it in maybe a paragraph yeah um, but yeah yeah let's get into it i'm fine so uh it opens with uh, nick cage's daughter arriving to the airport uh because it's his birthday or something and it turns out he has to fly on his birthday and they like kind of he's estranged from his wife who is uh, Leah Thompson, Marty McFly's mom? Oh, who is I didn't like, that. yeah, yeah. Um, who has become like evangelical, obsessed with like the rapture and like end times uh, prophecies. Um, so they're kind of they're estranged from each other. Um, they're separated, and the daughter is like annoyed with the mom because she's like crazy and annoying. Um, and then she runs into uh, Chad Michael Murray, who is uh, what's his face, Cameron Williams, investigative reporter. He oh, calls himself his friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she like she like uh, she confronts a, a lady who's attacking. Yeah, a lady confronts him in the airport, mm-hmm. like calling him out for like I forget what he even the, the majority of this movie is like left my brain honestly <laughs> it, it didn't it he, there's she, no, no residual no, no, no. she was talking about around. she was talking about how all these natural disasters were signs of the end times yeah that like he like reports oh, okay, on and yeah. stuff yeah yeah okay um and then they kind of like have a conversation at the airport where they kind of like are flirting in like the mildest way possible because it's like a Christian movie so they can't like <laughs> explicitly have like they have a conversation attention. between wacko or nutty that's yeah. yeah. in my brain yeah is it wacko or is it nutty yeah is what they're like flirting and and while this is happening nick cage arrives uh takes off his he takes off his wedding ring because he's kind of having like a a fling with like one of the flight attendants who who is, is hot who is a return loyal cage off listeners will recognize her nikki whalen from inconceivable 
uh, plays the flight attendant in this movie. I forget her name. Hattie. Hattie. Hattie Durham. All right. Hmm. Um, they have kind of like a, a f- it's unclear whether they're actually like doing stuff or if they just like flirt with each other, I think. But no, she says they haven't. They, she's like, not to the other flight attendant. She's like, not yet, but we're planning on spending some time together in Paris. Mm. So they, and I'm, sorry, is it London or Paris? London. Yeah. And she London. doesn't know that he's married because mm-hmm. he always takes off his wedding ring before he like gets on a flight. And so they they all she he meets up with his daughter, gives him gives her his car keys. Um, she goes to his car, finds the wedding ring, and then wait, drives wait, wait, to wait, before that, before that, the she, whole big thing. She's like at the gate saying goodbye to Cameron, and one of the one of the bad guys gives her tickets to a U2 concert for her dad, and she finds out that her dad was had been planning it for a month. He'd yeah. been planning to go to London the whole time. It wasn't well, an emergency. So she said, "This is." she wrote on the envelope, this is the saddest day of my life. Right. And then she found the rings in the car. And the big thing is, daughter, uh, Hallmark, her name. Hallmark movie daughter. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's. Chloe. Chloe, a.k.a. Hallmark movie uh, yeah. name, daughter, has flown in for to surprise him on his birthday. And then he all of a sudden has to go on a flight. He's been called into work, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah so yeah. the whole thing is that, but he's actually lying because he's cheating on her mom. Right. Well, they're separated. Because she's nutty. They're or not separated. Wacko. I didn't get the vibe. I didn't get the vibe that they were separated. Oh, I no, thought they he were. travels no. a lot. Yeah, he was, call- he was on the phone with her, like, in the car before he got to the thing. Oh, well, what the hell? <laughs> uh, Rayford. <laughs> yeah, he plays Rayford Steele. That's a cool name. That is my name on this on this Zoom call. Yeah, I'm... Captain Rayford Steele. So she she goes back to her mom's house. This is where we meet. I, I kept calling him like the little twerp. Uh, her brother. Uh, <laughs> his name is his name is Raimi. He's name because he's a tiny Rayford. He's Raimi. Yeah, this is really weird. <laughs> um, I took very few notes on this movie. <laughs> um, but one of them, a lot of these are just like questions. He kept on saying, he kept on saying, I hope this little boy gets raptured. Yeah, <laughs> I said, I hope the little twerp gets raptured. Um, and then he does later. Um, and they go to the mall. And then meanwhile, on the plane, Rayford is talking to flight attendant lady and gives, gives her the U2 concert tickets. And I said, what, like 20 something woman is like stoked to go to a u2 show in um, 2014 yeah but anyway that's fine and it's basically at this point we we, we get kind of introduced to like the characters on the plane one of them is like uh and they're very obviously showing you why they're sinners and why they, they don't get raptured yeah you know? there's the um, except for the old lady yeah there's God this old course. couple where like they're like they uh the old man seems like have like dementia or something he doesn't like know where he is mm-hmm. uh there's like the the little person from scrubs uh he's who, a gambler he's like yeah he's like and he's just like kind of mean just and rude yeah. yeah um there's a businessman businessman and the blonde woman who's like addicted to drugs and then there's uh, uh there's jordan the muslim Spar- guy yeah the there's muslim jordan- guy 
Jordan Sparks, uh, who is go- and doesn't get raptured because she had premarital sex and had a premarital baby with a pro NFL player. Yeah, with a pro NFL player. Yep. Take from that what you will. Um, and she was taking a child away from her father. I've I've things to say about what happens with this character later on, but <laughs> they're, they're they're at the mall. Uh, we we go back to the mall where uh, Chloe and Ramy are there. And then basically the rapture happens. People just disappear, leave all their clothes and personal items behind. While she's um, hugging him, by the way. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a pretty profound And here's the thing. Shot. She keeps on searching for him like she wasn't <laughs> holding him when he disappeared. He like She like looks in her bag like, is he in here? <laughs> um, uh, I and, will say, it, dreading this scene because I was so, you know, well, let's just say, you know, a little traumatized from my first viewing of the first adaptation. When this scene happened, it was mortally terrifying. Could mm-hmm. not stand it. You know, had had a few nightmares about it. So I was dreading this. There was actually one point where they're watching some hip hop street dancing going on in the middle of the mall. Because that's yeah. what happens in, in suburban malls. And sure. she loses her brother. Uh, Chloe loses oh, yeah. Werp for a second. And she's looking around. The camera's on her face as she's looking for him. And I looked over at Tay and I said, "Oh, here we go." I said, "Oh, God, it's starting." But it was kind of a little, a little, a false alarm because she yeah, it's a little misdirect. Yeah, he's like, but- "I'm over here," because um, you're literally waiting for 36 minutes. It yep. takes a. It ta- it's not like a long movie either, and it takes <laughs> kind of takes its time for the rapture to happen. Yep. Um. But then, yeah, she's like, they're hugging each other, and then he just poof disappears and then it's all out chaos in the mall a car crashes through the door and she like like twice or like three times she like barely avoids getting hit by like a crashing vehicle um the plane i'm I'm just saying i'm just saying if people miraculously disappeared i do not think that this world would actually fall into chaos the way that this movie depicted it would why do I say that? Because social media is so powerful. I really believe that people would know immediately, right? That the entire world, people have vanished across the entire world. And I feel like people would literally be over it within like two days. Maybe. I really, I really, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't see people, I don't see people like, I mean, obviously people be upset about their family members disappearing. Yeah. But I don't see people like burning down buildings. I've, have any of y'all seen the leftovers? I haven't watched it. I've heard it's a really good, it's like an HBO show. It's basically about like the rapture and just follows the people who are like left behind. Basically. Um, I've heard it's actually like a really good show. Yeah. Um, that I've not. It, yeah. It looks like a good, a good take on this, on this story, you know, on so, this type of story. I mean, so yeah, maybe that might be a good thing to watch instead of this movie, but <laughs> The reason, yeah. why, my background, the reason why my background is trash is because that is how I feel about this movie. So it's all out chaos. She goes out to like see what's going on in a plane. This was actually like the one like kind of cool moment in the movie because it looks like they actually crashed a little plane uh, where like a, she narrowly avoids getting hit by like a little like propeller plane and it like explodes into like some cars. It um, explodes into her car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's her car. Um, See, I feel like that also was just like it had to be her car that got destroyed. I don't. Why know. not? Why not? Why wouldn't it be? 
Uh, I'm just, it just feels uh, just way too intentional. There's so many, there's so many cars in that parking lot and the plane just happened to hit her car. The director was a stunt coordinator. I mean, he had to, was by, it? by trade. Yeah, he was. Vic Armstrong, it, what else has this guy done? Let me see. I don't know why I'm complaining about a movie about the rapture not being realistic. <laughs> uh, he, was, he, he was a stunt double. Oh, he was Harrison Ford's stunt double on the Indiana Jones movies and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. All right. All right, Vic Armstrong. I believe this was his directorial debut. Let me oh, see. No, this, is, Vic Armstrong. this was his second movie. He, he directed a movie called Joshua Tree in 1993. Oh. Uh, I've never heard of. And he was a second unit director on The Amazing Spider-Man a couple years before this. But yeah. So... I mean, the rest of what happens with Chloe is that she basically just like wanders around for a long time until like she has to save the day at the end. But there is the part where she gets her bag stolen from these like dudes slowly <laughs> driving on like a moped. That was pretty funny. Yes. Uh, like they're just like she's like walking under like an overpass. That and, like, was my brothers. Like it just comes like puttering up behind her and they, they just like grab it. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good. And then Basically, the rest of the movie takes place on this plane that Nick Cage is flying. Um, what's some of the stuff that happens on the plane? The gambler guy doesn't trust the Muslim guy because mm-hmm. uh, he's racist. The old lady's freaking out the whole time, screaming. Oh. Yeah, and um, Chad Michael Murray is kind of like the the leader of the of the group, like trying to keep everybody calm and like figure out oh, what's going on. They There's really only cover guy. what's happening. They're oh, yeah. really only covering what's happening in the like in first class. Also, right. yeah. The, yeah. The few shots of, of, of the main cabin that they show are vast majority mothers with raptured infants that are freaking out. And that's yeah. about all we see of, of what's going on in the in the main cabin. Like yeah. Most of the people in the main cabin are still there. Yeah. yeah. Also, let's let's get like. <laughs> What were were most people on Earth rapture? Because it definitely seems like a small, tiny percentage. There was no man that was like, my wife was raptured. It was all wives like saying my husband was raptured. Right. But yeah, there's a scientist guy who's like, maybe this like we went through like a wormhole and we're like in, in an alternate dimension right now. And everyone's like, <laughs> shut <said> up. Scientist. <laughs> I he's not a scientist. He's definitely. Just well, doesn't he say he's like from like MIT or something? I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. what this guy's deal was. But he's also talking about like the DOD's like new space plane and all this other good stuff. And every single idea, every single sentence, the scientist guy or what, what have you says, Marty from Pirates of the Caribbean, the the the, the dwarf. I know him are as, you kidding? Uh, are, are we kidding? Are you kidding? Are, are we really taking this seriously? Every single theory the scientist guy says <laughs> that it's like it's like clockwork. That's well, here's the, the next the scene. Scientist shown. guy, next the shot. scientist guy, one hundred percent like is supposed to be like the example of the guy who's like, um, what's it called, against religion because he believes in science. Like mm-hmm. he's like the rational like science guy. Yeah, and how foolish he is for trying to come up with some kind of scientific explanation for what's going on. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And then at the- some point, they hit, they hit another plane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. Nick Cage is flying. His co-pilot is raptured, um, first of all. And there's a point where 
there's another plane that's like unmanned because both the pilots are gone and like it clips their wing and like they're like rapidly losing fuel and Chad Michael Murray is like going back and forth from the cabin to the cockpit talking Did to Did any Cage of you guys and... know that they kept fuel in the in the wing? <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that. Yeah. Actually, yes. Okay, how did you guys learn this? I think just from like movies Life? and shit. Oh, movies. Know. Okay. I don't know. I I found out at some point in my life, but at some point the fuel catches on fire. What else happens in the plane? Oh, the the mother of the the of the NFL, the, mm. the wife of the NFL guy. Wait, this is after this is after they figure out that it was the rapture. So this is after they like start going through people's clothes and finding Jesus necklaces and watches with uh, John three sixteen engraved into them. And that's well, they that the oh, isn't the, it? They like go through the other flight attendant stuff, and they they she has that little notebook that was like go to Bible study. Yeah, and and so um. <laughs> Nikki Whalen goes and shows that to Nick Cage and that's when he like figures it out. He's like, oh, this is what yeah. happened. Um, and like he's the first one that like on the plane that really figures out like what's happened here. The yeah. the rest is are still confused by a scientist guy's theories until uh, the the lady suffering from drug addiction who was forced to a religious camp when she was a kid pipes up and is like, oh, I know what this is. They're all in heaven because this happened. It, you know, it's the prophecy or whatever. And there, there was that really weird part where the businessman just like walks up to that lady and is like, are you this person? I think I knew your dad. And I was like, what? What does that mean? Oh, no, that, it's like, oh, I remember who you like, are now. Your, your little, your little desk next to his your little yellow desk. I haven't seen my daughter in forever and that's why i was like why was that in this movie i that was so (laughs) no because he was like he was like i he was like as much as i miss my daughter like i hope she's not there when i get there or something like that right that happened immediately after uh chad michael mary and nick cage are up in the cockpit and for some they're talking about how you know desperate their situation is they're not going to make it to jfk airports are shut down blah 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 and nick Cage says something along the lines of, I don't want to crash this thing without the people back there uh, being able to correct their mistakes or, you know, make amends Mm -hmm. for their mistakes. But they chose the most random scene with the two of the most minor first class cabin characters, (laughs) and it didn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie and was never mentioned again. It was, that's why I told Taylor, you include things in plot that have something to do with what's going to happen later if it's random like that you never yeah yeah Chekhov's gun and um oof yeah so at a certain point sorry that was no you're good um at a certain point the wife of the nfl player like pulls a gun she found a gun uh they explain later that um she got she got she got it from the air marshal but who was that did they show the did they show the the air marshal Did yeah. they show him he before? Was, yeah, he was the one sitting next to the uh, gambler guy. Oh, she that, that was person. the air marshal? Yeah, he, he, they show his badge multiple times in his rapture oh. clothing. Mm-hmm. I just missed that, I guess. I was just, I thought it was so, I started laughing hysterically when she just pulled a gun out and was yeah, like, no, you're it, all in he, on it. He's trying to take my daughter clothing, from me. They show his gun laying with his clothing and his badge is hanging out. All right, you must have been paying more attention than I was because I was. <sighs> I think at this point, 
I no, I, I just have autism brain. At this point in my notes, I wrote, I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> that was like all I put. Like right after she pulled the gun, I was like, I'm going insane right now. Where'd that gun come from? It was just she, Jordan Sparks for me. Like Jordan Sparks pulls a gun and starts crying. Who is that? Who's Jordan Sparks? He was American on American Idol, Idol right? No air. <sighs> Oh, oh, that's her. Ooh, well, she yeah. was really bad. Yeah, she's really bad in this. Everyone's bad in this movie. Um, I was about to say, imagine audience, like listeners, all the <laughs> terrible plot that's happening right now, and just the just the inane things that are going on, and it's acted with the quality of like the worst Hallmark movie you've ever seen, and that's not an exaggeration. It's yeah that bad. Yeah. So the wife of the NFL guy is like. He's trying to like take not my wife, daughter from not me. Wife. Not wife. They weren't married. They that's oh that's, god, whatever. Who cares? To, no, no, the thing is, is that's why she's going to hell, is because she didn't marry him. All the women are going to hell in this movie. <laughs> they are married or not, dementia or not. Yeah. Um, so she thinks that it's like this giant plot. Conspiracy. Right, is a giant conspiracy to take your daughter away. Um, reporter Chad Michael Murray talks her down, gets the gun. And then she asked the, the drug addict lady to pray with pray, her. Pray with her as like, so, okay. So this is where his Nick Cage's daughter comes back in the picture because she is, she gets on a motorcycle. She ends up getting on the phone with Chad Michael Murray and Nick Cage. Um, they'd like start trying to hatch a plan as, on like how to get the plane landed. Um, so she grabs a motorcycle and drives to like this shut down, this like under construction highway and is like clearing a landing zone for Nick Cage to to land. Like she gets in a truck, drives down the highway, pushing Moves, all the like ties up this thing on a on a concrete roller and like has it slowly move out of the way. Yeah, and they're like, we need, we, I, I need something to 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 guide me, and I need like light. And she like sets off a very convenient. There just pile happens of, to be a pile of flammable gas at the end of the highway. <laughs> it's very useful when you're building a highway to just have explosive barrels around. I understand. So she lights it on fire. <laughs> Nick Cage sees it and lands the plane in dramatic fashion. And uh, almost almost since an oil tanker, not oil tanker, a gas tanker, stops just short of it. Stops literally just short of it. Yeah, and then they get out and they celebrate and they watch L.A. burn. It's New York. Oh, <laughs> New York burn. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. They also get out via the slide, and it shows every single one of them hopping onto the slide, but never shows the slide itself or them sliding down. So it's literally just actors jumping up in the air and landing on a mat, <laughs> and it's it's very distracting from the drama. Wait, wait, wait! I saw them slide down. I think maybe one person slides maybe down. Maybe one. Maybe um, one. The the little person gets like thrown out, <laughs> which seems kind of rude yeah. to him. But he's kind of a jerk, so it's I guess it's fine. I mean, there really isn't much else to talk about plot wise with this movie. It's very simple. Yeah. Uh, my favorite shot was so she. This happened when she was on top of that. Was it a bridge? She mm-hmm. like climbed up to the top to and so you know she's contemplating like jumping off but then there's yeah. this really because <laughs> she thought her dad was dead mm. yeah. yes but there's this really random kind of long shot of the moon 
for no apparent reason. Yeah, I noticed that. that I I think it was just stock footage. It was probably just stock footage of the moon that they like plugged in there. Yeah, that was really funny to me because I was like, what? Why? Um, So does how did you guys feel about this film? Hated it. I think it's the worst like calling it a film. I think it's the worst thing we've watched for this podcast. Oof, that's a that's a I don't know if that's true. Leveled that's a leveled allegation. It's it's taken it's taken the the bottom spot for me. I don't Mm. know about you, Ashley, but it has for me. I I mean I didn't like it, Um, but it wasn't unwatchable. We've watched some pretty I found it nearly unwatchable. Near I don't think I've seen a worse movie. That's where I stand. I rack my brain and I don't think that I've seen a worse movie than this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, Logan, what was the uh, what was the box office reception? Well, ju- Justice, do you have any thoughts? Oh, you keep forgetting Shoot. about him. I, I pretty just rude. Think, I, pretty I rude think... to our guest. Justice, are Ashley. you Justice? Do you do you hate me for doing this to you? I'm drunk. <laughs> I won't say hate uh, uh, because that that won't get me raptured if I if I if I say yeah. I hate hating's you, a but... sin. I am yeah, I'm so I am so drunk that I, <laughs> I forgot that you existed and I'm so <laughs> I'm off here I'm off here thinking about uh, try, trying to think of worse movies no it was from the very beginning moment of dialogue quite evident how the rest of the movie was going to go it was terrible I will say and I and and this is a hot take a hot take but I enjoy it here okay I enjoyed Nicolas Cage's performance in Left Behind more than I did. In I mean, he—it's the only thing to latch on to. It is it's like the he, only redeeming quality. He, um, I mean, he is putting in like as little effort as he can probably do, and even that is like pretty good. He actually like plays the emotions fairly well. It's like fairly convincing. He's um, very flirtatious with the hot lady. Mm-hmm. Sure. The moment he gets word from you know daughter right right before right after the moonshot, uh, he gets in contact with her and she informs him that twerp and mother have been raptured. His reaction actually made it's me pretty, feel something. It's pretty it, good. It, it yeah, was pretty it's good. pretty good. I it's was pretty very good. very surprised that late in this god awful movie. He uh, again yeah. he worked for three days probably, <laughs> um, but he you know he showed up for it. He's, he he's a he's a he's a professional, right? He is right. a professional, and he did the job that he was paid to do. Yep, paid Last, handsomely, I assume. I would assume so too. Last thought on the film: I just have to ask why you take a global, you know, ca- catastrophe of millions of people disappearing and turn it into a landing the airplane disaster movie. That's you. They could have ran many different directions with the mm-hmm. the you know the consequences of people disappearing but they turned it into a landing I, the plane movie i feel like they were banking on getting sequels yeah. and i was reading because a little that, bit there's about so this many books. Yeah. There's yeah i was so many books. i was reading about this like according to like one of the producers like two sequels were planned and like they resorted to like going doing like a crowdfunding campaign to like fund the sequels and like it just never happened so <laughs> That didn't work. There's somebody well. in this world that's like left behind is my favorite movie. <laughs> oh, of course. It's like ev- evangelicals. Yeah. Um, right here in the I'm not, belt. And I would like to clarify that I am not against movies that contain like faith based themes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't 
like I don't like the way it's like like prop- the blind side good movie i've not like so like i would like to like my favorite movie released in the last like few years was uh first reformed the paul schrader movie um Is basically it that mo- the movie about the about the uh preacher it's about a priest and like this kind of like touristy like little church who like has like a, a crisis of faith when he has like has to counsel like a disaffected like environmental activist oh. um and it's like it's incredible and that's a movie that's like not like it's not like this kind of movie where it's like a propaganda film for evangelical Christianity, where it's just like a movie that touches on religious themes. Like um, Les Mis. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess so. I had to rack my brain through that, but I get it. I somehow. No, yes. what do you mean? Like the Book of Eli. Oh, the yeah. Book of Eli. Book of Eli. Yeah. Lay Miz yeah. is, is literally a story about a man who found God and changed. I see. I, I see. You like that movie. I don't like that movie. So this movie had a budget of $16 million. Again, majority of which probably went to Nick Cage's salary. Box office of $27.4 million. Let me see. So I was reading about this on Wikipedia. I can't believe this movie made money. So it, it made money like its opening weekend, but then like dropped off incredibly steeply after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it made a slight profit. Um, not enough, I guess, to get the sequels funded that they wanted to do, apparently. What the critics have to say about this movie? I read, I read the little reception blurb on Wikipedia and it made me laugh when I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> yeah, so the tomato meter is 1%. <laughs> The audience score is 38%. Um, and the critics' consensus is oh, sorry, the IMDb um, score is 3.1 out of 10 stars, and it has a 12 meta score. Um, out of 100. To I clarify. can't believe the audience score is 82%. No, sorry, that, that was City of Angels. It's 38, not 82. Um, the critics' consensus is kind of strange. So give me a second to like figure out how I'm going to say this. What do you mean? Yeah. You just read it. Yeah, verily, like it un- looks weird. Yeah, Does verily, un- like unto a plague of locusts left behind, hath begat a further scourge of devastation upon Nicholas Cage's once oh, proud filmography. I see. They tried to be like cute with it. They tried to be oh. cute when they like they wrote tried the to do like the consensus. the Bible. I understand. Um, all right, funny. it anyway. is time <laughs> for the rage against Cage. This is our segment where Ashley will read a negative review from one of these two films, and then me and our guests will need to determine which film it is about. Begin. You guys ready? Yes. Are you ready? Okay, first one. Strains to achieve the enchantingly sublime, but ends up sinking to the depressingly ridiculous. What do we think? This sounds like City of Angels. It to does me. sound sublime. I'm gonna say and... City of Angels. Yeah. Okay. It is City of Angels. Yes. What okay. was the description at the end? <laughs> Depressingly ridiculous. Uh huh. Oh, disappointingly ridiculous. Oh, okay. I don't agree with that necessarily. I don't agree with a lot of these reviews. Okay. Okay. Most of the time, okay. when I like the movie, I'm like, no, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> An emotionally uninvolving flick that attempts to play on the heartstrings of the viewer and fails in its efforts. City of Angels. Yeah. Yeah, City of Angels. City of Angels. 
Yep. Yes. All right. Next. Um, I swear to God, I've seen worse movies this year and worse Nicolas Cage movies at that. I can't in good faith tell you to see it, but I'd be lying if I told you I didn't enjoy it. Left behind, I guess. What do we think? I'm, I'm going to say City of Angels. I am too. Okay. City of Angels then. Two against one. It's left behind. Oh, oh. Listen to me. Yeah, we should. Us <laughs> newbies. Next. A thinking person's film for those who can't think. Left behind. <laughs> left behind. Yeah, let's say left behind. City of Angels. Oh my what? god. Oh. What? Oh. <laughs> We've got to take our preconceived biases these are, out these, of this. These reviewers are so mean to City of Angels. I think yeah. it's a fine movie. It's yeah. Rage Against Cage, babe. These are just the bad ones. I understand. I understand. It should have more passion, more intensity. It should have more bees. More what? <laughs> more bees. Just have more bees. Okay, so Wicker Man. This okay. <laughs> no, this this reviewer is trying to be like fucking funny or something. But since they're referencing Wicker Man, this has to be left behind because that movie came out after City of Angels, so it's left behind. Yep. I agree. Is that true? I, is that it, correct? Yeah. Yes. Those, those, okay. those religious undertones. Yep. Absolutely. Don't get cute with me, reviewer. <laughs> I'm on to you. Seriously, could have used some 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 divine intervention. Mm. Seriously, could have used some divine intervention. Left behind. I'm saying City of Angels. Oh man, don't make me do this. Seriously, could have used some divine. Comes down either. to either. Could be either. Yeah, I know. That's that's yeah. the thing. This episode. This this has happened before where like the two like these are totally random matchups, but they end up being like related movies. Yeah, they are in terms yeah. of like religious themes. Well, right. let's seriously could have used some divine intervention. I'm gonna go ahead and say <gasps> City of Angels. Left behind. Oh, oh damn it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, sorry. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next. Maybe one of the most inept films to ever see a wide theater. Left behind. <laughs> left behind. I can't left... say anything. I've read that. Yeah, it's left behind. Yeah. Okay. I knew it. An unconvincing new age melodrama that plays like death and dying for dummies. I've City also, of Angels. I've also read this one, so I'm going to stay mum. I'm going to say City of Angels also. It is City of Angels. Okay. Nice. This movie is the worst and the best. <laughs> I haven't laughed like that in a theater in a long, long time. And not one of those laughs was earned on purpose. Left behind. Left behind. Yeah. It's left, left behind. behind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cage is miscast in a film which it, the spiritual nature of its theme is a by the numbers bit of commerce. City, City of, of Angels. Angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is this is my favorite. Score one for Satan. <laughs> oh, I know this one. I'm gonna. I think I do too. I saw this. One. Okay, so I'm gonna say Left Behind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, was that it? <laughs> yeah, and this last one. Oh, there's one more. Okay. It drags, but Cage saves it. Yeah. City mm -hmm. of Angels. Um, uh, I want to say left behind because that's my opinion but 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 city of angels i'll say left behind 
Well, it, it's City of Angels. Uh, okay. So you guys missed three or four. How many were that was more than ten, wasn't it? Um I counted we got nine right. Four, five, six, seven, eight. We usually nine, do ten. 10 11, 12. I did twelve this Oh, time. you did a extra Bonus. extra sized plus sized whatever. Okay. Well enough of left, this. Left left behind deserved a, a, a plus size rage, I think. Yeah. That's fair. All right. The time has come where we have to decide which of these is the better Nicolas Cage movie. Um, I don't think, I think we'll all be in agreement, but just to, just for fun, we're going to, we're going to go around, uh, give your kind of closing argument and say which movie you think uh, should win and why. Uh, Justice, let's start with you. Well, City of Angels, clearly the better movie. Had heart, had Meg Ryan, had a, good a good uh, uh uh direction great idea nicholas cage unfortunately was not my favorite part left behind was hot garbage and he was the best part of it but yeah there's not not really an argument to be made <clears throat> that's uh you know damning with faint praise for left behind <laughs> uh, he's the uh, best part of it um <laughs> taylor city of angels and i don't have much of an argument um, it is not left behind, so it wins. <laughs> Ashley? Mm, okay. Okay, so hear me out. <laughs> this oh is a Nicolas God. Cage uh, podcast <laughs> that has everything to do with Nicolas Cage's performance. Um, and so I did my scores and I looked at the numbers. Um, and City of Angels really didn't meet my commitment pathos Um Mm -hmm. or Cage's contribution or even Cage Factor. It really just didn't show up to me for him emotionally. Like, I didn't think that he necessarily was right for this role. Um, Not even the part where he's walking down the street singing? You didn't I like just, that? I, I didn't feel like it needed to be Nicholas Cage. He sprays it the stuff in actor. his face? could have been any actor. I don't feel like he really matched the tone of this film. Um, I don't feel like there was that actual cage factor to this film. I don't think there was necessarily a cage factor to the other film, but he was flirty. He was cute. He did a few things that were kind of cagey, right? He saved the day. Um, what does he do that's cagey and left behind? He flirts with, with a woman very uh, sexually. And I feel like no, that's it isn't. Nicholas, yeah, it is sexually. It's not sexual. There's nothing All sexual I'm about Left is, Behind. All I'm saying is that I feel like his performance is better in Left Behind. And I feel like Cage's contribution got a really high score there because he's the only thing that makes this movie worthwhile. So I have decided that my vote is going to go to Left Behind. The hottest I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> I can't believe this. Um, no, here's the thing, Logan. Here's the thing about I said all of that shit, but I didn't even score either of these movies. You just <laughs> kind of thought about it on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I hate to say it, but your vote is irrelevant because I'm saying <laughs> City of Angels. Oh, man. Um, I think you it is a do better a fun tiebreaker. No, I think it is a better cage performance. Uh, he has more rain. He has a more things to play in City of Angels. All he does and left behind is sit in a cockpit and talk on the radio um, to himself. Market. Yeah. So Listen, I'm hot take left behind is good. You don't believe that. 
You're just trying to be. You're trying to stir up I'm controversy. To be contrarian. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to be, to be nutty. Yeah. Or wacko. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I, I yeah, I say City of Angels. It's a better movie. I enjoy everything about it more than Left Behind, including Nick Cage's performance, even though he is the best thing about Left Behind. Hmm. So, City of Angels will be moving on in the bracket. Um, hmm. I guess that this is a. This has been cage off. Yeah, we're so we've reached the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, hallelujah and amen. I'd just like to say thank you to Mastodon for our theme song. Thank you to Colors Odyssey for our Twitter banner artwork. You can follow me on Twitter at the Good Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at Generally Done, and uh, you can listen to my beautiful voice, actually caring. Um, if you listen to Behind the Tofu. My vegan podcast. So you just admit that you don't even care about this podcast. I, I care about this podcast, but I get drunk for this podcast. <laughs> that podcast, I have to actually this read is you, things. This podcast is you cutting loose. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yes. you can follow our show on Twitter at Cage Off Podcast. Rate and Send review us. Send us a nice email at cageoffpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.